Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name's Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear that. As always, I hope our listeners are doing well today. We appreciate you joining us here every week with our sincere and actionable ideas that will help you not only survive retirement, but also thrive in retirement and, of course, grow your wealth. And before we go any further in the program, Brian, once again, I want to remind people that we are a podcast. If you're listening to the show right now and you've got to get out of the car, you've got to go do something, you can't hear the entire show. No worries at all, because as I said, we're a podcast. Go to wherever you get your podcast. Simply search Brian Evans, Growing Your Wealth, and we have nearly 350 shows right there. So there is bound to be one that applies to you. Brian, I have heard people say these things before. I don't want to think about death. I don't need a will. My kids can figure it out when I die. I'll be dead. Why should I care about this? Legacy? Well, that hasn't had anything to do with me because I'm not rich and I don't have a legacy. Brian, have you heard these statements before? I hear this all the time. I hear this plenty. It's like either they have money, it's like, oh, they're going to get more than they deserve anyway. So what do I care? I'll let them figure it out. I don't want to deal with that. Or I've heard, you mean I have to hire an attorney? That's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, thousands. Well, I don't want to do that. Does it benefit me at all? Well, not specifically, not the legacy money. Well, then why would I do that? You know, or, you know, there's there's certainly a lot of people that say that. Now, clearly, there's a part of legacy planning and estate planning that involves you when you're still alive. So mm-hmm. I guess I should bring that up more, and I will on this show today. But absolutely, I've heard that so many times. They're getting millions of dollars. I'm not going to spend 10000 on an estate plan or whatever it costs. I have absolutely heard that. Brian, does legacy planning and estate planning apply to everyone? What I mean by that is, does everybody need an estate plan or a legacy plan? All right, so I'm going to be a little tongue-in-cheek here, Jeff, and I'm going to say, no, not everybody needs it. For instance, if you don't like your kids or your spouse, <laughs> then you don't need to do any legacy or estate planning. Of course. Just let them figure it out. But that really doesn't apply to most people listening to the program, does it? I'm hopeful of that. I would hope that the people listening to Growing Your Wealth actually do care, because obviously they've, they've worked hard. If you're interested in growing your wealth, you're probably a motivated individual that cares about other people. And uh, hopefully everybody listening had a little chuckle at that. And they say, okay, I see what you're saying. I do care about my spouse. If you have one, I do care about my kids. I do care about my charities. I do care about whatever it is you care about. And I do care about myself. And again, we'll talk about that in a little bit here. But that is the the crux of why you should do estate and legacy uh, planning is because you do care. And Brian, some people have more than others insofar as what would be involved in an estate or a legacy plan. What actually does make up your estate? Yeah, your estate is from a dollar standpoint, we're talking about everything. So when we talk about estate tax, whether it's the state of Washington or the federal government or whatever state you're in, we're talking about the value of all your assets. Now, some people go, well, I'm not worth that much. Do you have a house? Oh, they count that? Oh, yeah. Do you have cars, collectibles, money in the bank, IRAs, investments, other inheritances that may come in later in life, you know, from your parents, perhaps? And like, oh, and you start adding that up and they go, huh, yeah, we had our main house, a vacation home. We each had uh, IRA accounts. We have investments. Uh, I inherited some money from mom. And and before you know it, uh, you go, oh, gosh, yeah, I do have over $2.2 million in the state of Washington. I, I actually have, I'm an estate tax. I'm, I'm actually considered wealthy enough to pay estate tax someday. And so just from that standpoint, if we're talking about the estate tax return that taxes you on the value of your assets, it's all assets. I mean, it's your, your contents of your house. It's everything you could get at a garage sale when you're gone. It's the value of everything. 
So, Brian, I mean, a lot of people listening to this are saying to themselves, well, I don't really have a lot of stuff. And really, estate planning is who's going to get your stuff. Of course, an estate can involve securities and real estate, interest in a business, personal property, and not the least of which is going to be cash. But what if you don't have a lot of stuff? I mean, do you really need an estate plan or will a simple will just do it for you? Well, a will is part of an estate plan, but the part that goes along with the will, if you tell me you're going to die in a tragic accident, okay, you don't need a health care directive. But what if you don't plan on dying in a tragic accident or, or, you know, something like that? A big part of estate planning is your health care directive, a huge part. Do you want the hospital administrator to be in charge of those decisions? Most people I talk to, you know, I say, well, if you're brain dead, would you like to be on life support for 10 years? Of course I wouldn't. Well, you're leaving that decision to whoever is the hospital administrator or whoever is assigned that if you didn't do a health care directive. What if you're just incapacitated for a little while? Do you have a durable power of attorney? What if it comes to uh, picking out where you're going to go if you need a nursing home and, and need that kind of thing? If you haven't addressed that, that decision is left up to other people and probably not family members. And so, you know, people that care about you and know what you want. So even if you don't have a taxable estate and you don't have any assets, well, often the, the biggest problem on, on estates is somebody that doesn't have a lot of assets because, you know, they're leaving what they have behind and maybe their their kids don't have much. And so they, they really squabble over, mm-hmm. over what you wouldn't think is a lot of money necessarily, but it might be to them. And, uh, you know, to some people, 10000 is a huge, you know, that matters more than to other people a million dollars does. And so mm-hmm. there's almost no level of dollars that isn't important important to address to avoid family squabbles and so forth but you know certainly since we don't know what our health is going to be like and what it's going to look like in various situations we need somebody to have direction and we need to authorize that through getting a health care directive or durable power of attorney along with your will or revocable living trust and whether you have a little or you have a lot everybody i think needs a durable power of attorney as you said a health care directive maybe a pod a pay on death at the bank where do you go to get these sort of things. Do you need an estate planning attorney to get that power of attorney and health care directive? I would recommend you, you do. Absolutely. I have seen too many situations. You know, certainly the real answer to that is, I guess not. I mean, if you are super, super smart and, and know all this stuff, I'm sure you could go to LegalZoom or something like that and do it yourself. I do not recommend that. I have seen too many times where I, I did it myself, and I have a story, a couple stories here, maybe a, about somebody that decided to save the $1,000. They're bragging about the $1,000 they saved, mm-hmm. and they bought the lawn. Yeah, that's the million dollar lawnmower story. It is one of my favorites. Go into a little more detail about that. Well, this person, uh, exactly that. They were do-it-yourselfer and didn't like to spend money on nobody deserved to be paid anything kind of person. And, <laughs> and they, you know, they had a lot of money. And, and uh, at the time, the federal exemption was what it was. It was fairly low. I think it was a couple million dollars. And then he passed away and he had done his own will. I, I took a look at it and I said, like, wow, okay, well, you left out a paragraph here. I was saying to his widow, and he left out a paragraph, so unfortunately, it's going to cost your kids because she wanted to make sure they got a lot of money. It's going to cost them a million dollars. Wow. And, uh, you know, he was bragging about how he saved a thousand and bought a lawnmower with it. So <laughs> that became to me the famous million dollar lawnmower story. Now, fast forward today, that paragraph can be worth as much as $4.8 million wow. in estate tax because the exemption is so high and you're able to double the exemption with, it's called the credit shelter trust provision, okay. AB trust, marital exemption trust, whatever you want to call it. That can be worth as much as $4.8 million. Now, even an estate worth $4 million, when you add everything up in the state of Washington, that paragraph, even though you don't have a federally taxable estate, you do have a taxable estate for the state of Washington. And that paragraph has a value of $300,000. Hmm. So that is an unnecessary estate tax at the state level that you wouldn't have to do if you just hired an attorney because maybe you don't know to click on that box to add that paragraph or didn't understand what it says. So take a little of that money that you have and hire a proper attorney. Get that health care directive done right. Get that durable power of attorney done right. Get that will or revocable living trust done right. 
We're talking with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial and CPAs. We're talking about legacy and estate planning here in our program, Growing Your Wealth. By the way, if you would like to be in touch with us and get in and get your complimentary, no cost, no obligation financial plan, or you'd like to check how deep your financial roots are, simply call 844-MADRONA to schedule your appointment, 844-MADRONA, or you can go to the website, madronafinancial.com, and click on the Get Started button to begin that conversation about your rooted wealth analysis. So, Brian, that was the credit shelter or the AB Trust. That was the clause that this gentleman had left out of his estate planning documents, which cost his family a million dollars. You've got another story about some people who tried to divide a cactus plant. Tell me more about that. (laughs) Yeah, and that's why uh, it's really important to sometimes get granular on these things because their will was super simple. The mom who was was left uh, with uh, millions of dollars and I had three kids split everything up three ways. Okay, that sounds pretty simple, right, Jeff? Right. I mean, you'd think so. How did I hear about this? Well, it had been in litigation for seven years, and I got a call from an attorney, and he was just like, well, can you help us out with this? Because we're going nowhere. I was like, well, can I see this? And it just says split everything up three ways. Well, (laughs) they were fighting about everything. And one of the interesting things I've seen in Will sometimes, if somebody is fighting it and bringing action against it, they'll just state, if anybody does that, they get a dollar. Hmm. They're out. And they'll put somebody in charge because we're going to talk a little bit about executors and trustees. But I'm like, that's brilliant. Put something in there that says, if you want to argue with what I had set up and said to do to the executor, then great, you get a dollar. You don't get anything else. (laughs) And the rest of it goes to the people you're trying to sue. So it's like, oh, that's brilliant. But yeah, it was just a three-way switch there. But one of them was saying, oh, gee, uh, mom gave you a car five years before she died, and we should get the value of that. And it was just bad blood. And it just went really nasty really quick to the point where dad's old this, that, and the other personal items. I want it. No, I want it. No, I'm going to sue you over it. They literally were going to go to court over a cactus plant. I wish I was making this up. Yeah. A cactus plant that mom had had for, I don't know, 50 years or something like that. And all three of them decided they wanted it, and they were not going to take no for an answer. Wow. And they were all going to go to court over that. And I, you know, tongue-in-cheek, kind of not really. I said, well, I, I can solve that. It says split everything three ways. Give me a knife. I'll cut that thing in three pieces. You each get a cacti, you know, remnant or something. Right. And I literally said that. I was just so frustrated with these people. They were such, you know, they were not adults in the end. So, um, yeah, we, we had a bunch of personal effects. So that's one of the things. Now, if it gets that level we just we're dealing with not adults but sometimes it doesn't even get to that level it might be mom has one wedding ring dad right. had one collector car you know there's one whatever personal item that's of, of significance it's really important that you label those some people use pieces of tape and they say all right yeah anything you want put a piece of tape on the bottom of it and hopefully <laughs> there's not six pieces of tape on right. it, whatever it is that somebody wants i literally did this with my dad because he had collectible cars i right. said well you got a really cool gto convertible who do you want that to go to oh that goes to the younger brother all right i'll call the older brother and tell him cry about it all he wants but i'm telling him while you're alive that that's he's not getting it and so forth and so on so we were able to, to you know just put that down so we go oh i'm getting this other car or i'm not getting one or whatever and it's okay we know ahead of time we're not going to argue about it we weren't going to anyway but boy that sure helped having it known ahead of time so if you have uh, items that you think might cause some bad blood between siblings or whatever certainly they don't you know if it's going to be bad blood you not leave it to them at all leave it to a charity right you know if, if uh, i know how to avoid the fight here and neither one of you gets anything because all you're going to do is <laughs> you know uh, argue about it so i'm going to leave it to somebody else that, that appreciates it so you know addressing that stuff can be important Yeah, I have a friend who has a a daughter, and she was maybe six or seven at the time, and she asked him, what happens to Grandma's stuff when she dies? And he said, well, it's probably going to go to you kids. Do you particularly want something? And she said, yes. Her name was Whitney, so she got those little Post-it notes, and the next time she visited Grandma, she went all around the house, and she put Whitney on the bottom of everything that she wanted. It's a rather simple way to do it, but I, I don't know. Does something like that really hold up, Brian? 
Not the post-it notes, but uh, that's why it's actually part, uh, should be an addendum to right. your will or revocable living trust that you actually, and, and in the case of my dad, that's what I did. I, I made an addendum to the will that he signed and mm-hmm. we notarized it that this is where we want these things to go. Okay. And so, you know, some of the times uh, people get confused, you know, like, well, mom and dad only have one house, there's three kids. Well, what about that? Well, you say the house you know will be sold, and the net proceeds from that will be distributed evenly, et cetera, et cetera. And oh yeah, that's right. So even if, but what if one of the kids is living in it? Well, they can have the option of buying the other two kids out for their equity, or it has to be sold, and they're going to have to find a new place to live because they only get a third of that house. You know, right. in this case. So these things can be talked through. Certainly, <laughs> where Whitney in this case uh, is going to get something from Grandma when she passes away. Mm-hmm. You don't don't want to leave. A bunch of money to a young people that don't know how to handle money. And in this case, I'd say Whitney uh, may be more of a spender than a saver. Yeah. All the stuff. <laughs> well, she's all so, grown up now. And she, I mean, she, yeah. she got a vase or a rocking chair or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it really does point out the fact that don't forget the minutia. It may not be important to you, but it may be important to the kids. So don't forget the little things around the house or the things that you may have that you think that your kids or grandchildren may fight over because that is really a terrible thing when someone dies. I mean, all bets are off the table. People begin to fight and it doesn't turn out to be a very good situation at all. We're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. We're talking about estate and legacy planning here in our program, Growing Your Wealth. We're glad you could join us. We want to invite you to go out to our website, Madrona Financial. And when you do that, you're going to find a button towards the top of the page called Click Here. And if you click that button, you are going to uh, basically answer a few questions about how deep your financial roots are. We call it our rooted wealth analysis. We've had a lot of financial storms and there are more brewing on the horizon right now. If you want to make sure that your financial roots are deep enough to withstand the next financial storm, click on that Get Started button to begin your conversation to find out how deep your roots are. You'll be connected with an advisor and if your roots aren't deep enough, we will deepen your roots for you. Again, it's from dronefinancial.com and click on the Get Started button. And while you're there, scroll down about two-thirds of the way in the page there. You will also see a place where you can download our Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement Book. It's really a great book, and I think you'll find it very, very useful. You can download a digital copy from madronafinancial.com, or if you like to use your telephone to do things, simply text RADIO to 833-673-7373. Text RADIO to 833-673-7373 to download your seven steps to a successful retirement. You can also put in there, too, if you want to have a book sent out to you, we'll send you out a hard copy. And while you're there at 833-673-7373, you can also ask us a question that we'll answer on the air for you. Or if you've got a topic or a subject that you want us to talk about, leave it right there. Again, it's 833-673-7373. And again, our website is madronafinancial.com. Brian, before we get back to the show, this is something interesting that I found. Did you know that your brain never stops growing? We grow new neurons with time, and the brain is constantly reshaping itself in response to learning, and it even creates neurons into the ninth decade. This is a new study that has come out that says that the center of the human brain called the hippocampus, and I've always wondered what a hippocampus, I used to think a hippocampus is where hippopotamuses went to go to school, but anyway, there's, <laughs> That's a, good one. there's a thing in the middle of the brain, it's called the hippocampus, and that's where these neurons are developed. And it might help people recover from depression, post-traumatic stress syndrome, I mean, delay the onset of Alzheimer's, deepen our understanding of epilepsy and other new insights into memory and learning. And of course, they always do these studies on uh, mice and uh, rats, and uh, they found them uh, a lot smarter and not suffering from a lot of things that the younger rats suffered from. But anyway, there is proof positive that exercising your brain can do a lot for you. So get out the old crossword puzzle. I mean, do Wordle, read a book, do anything to exercise size the brain because even if you are 80 90 years of age it can do your body good well jeff maybe we should rename the show from growing your wealth to growing your neurons because i, I <laughs> suspect go. anybody listening to this is going yeah Man, that guy keeps talking about topic after topic after topic i'm, I'm trying yeah. to keep up and, and I, I gotta figure that's gonna help the the, the neuron exercise oh, yeah. activity just a bit there's another reason that listening to growing your wealth can be very beneficial for you is it can generate some new neurons not to say that we don't have the smart Smartest people in the world listening to this show and listening to this station. Let's get back to our talk here, Brian, about wills and trust and estate and legacy planning. Brian, what are some unusual situations where you might need to call on an estate planning or a legacy planning attorney? 
Yeah, I'll call them unusual, but actually they're you know pretty typical that, that a lot of us have blended families. There's been deaths in families. So I'll, I'll see, well, why do you need to update your will? Well, first off, it's really old. You, you, know, you only have two of your four kids here. <laughs> but let's say one of them has passed away and there's grandkids involved. So you got to figure out, you know, what's going to happen multi-generationally with blended families. One spouse had three kids and the other had one kid. Well, are you leaving everything evenly? Are you splitting it in two and leaving it down that direction? Is, is there separate property involved? I mean, we are in a community property state, but it is possible to have separate property in a community property state. So there is a lot of potential issues that could come up that you don't really, oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't really think about what would happen in that case and what is fair and so forth. And, and let's say that one of the kids had passed and you're leaving the grandkids. You go, well, I don't want to just leave them a chunk of money. They're, they'll quit school and, you know, just spend their money and it'll be gone. And I'll be hurting them rather than helping them. That's right. And so uh, that's where we need coaching on trust provisions within the well to protect that money and protect the grandkids in this case, or even your kids. You know, some people are good with money. They have good experience with it. Uh, some people, not so much. And so you can assess that. And as you talk to your attorney, when you're putting together your will or living trust, these are some of the things that are going to come up and where you thought, well, I'm just going to die and leave my money. Well, there's a lot more to it in many cases. And I want to point out too, Brian, that we are not estate planning attorneys per se here at Madrona Financial. And the purpose of this conversation today on the radio is not to give you estate planning advice because we don't do the documents. We can kind of tell you what to do. I should say we can give you the advice, but to draw up the documents, you really need an estate planning attorney. Do you have associates that work with Madrona Financial who are estate planning attorneys and can draw up these documents? Yeah, we absolutely have people we refer you to, or you might have your own. Now, where we can be put into the mix, and I'm working on one right now, where it's a very complex estate, it's being left over decades to next generations and so forth, but a very complex estate, and the money's not going to be just left to the kids when, when this person passes away. So they need a trustee. Well, we do have access to a national trustee, a corporate trustee, that will manage the estate. We're being named as the investment advisor to manage the investments within the estate. And so we'll have a team approach to carry on the legacy, the wishes of this client of ours that uh, will carry on literally 25 years beyond his passing. And so we'll be able to be there to help navigate that for the next generations and no matter what happens and, and manage these assets that they wouldn't be able to manage well. And so we absolutely can be inserted as uh, not the, not the uh, you know, we work or I'm working with the attorneys on you know, getting the right wording in there. I'm working with the corporate trustee company to be that corporate trustee, do all the filings and, and manage uh, that kind of thing. And then Madrona will be inserted as the investment advisor. So that's the team that would carry on upon the passing of our client. And once again, it is a team approach at Madrona Financial. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Once again, go to our website, madronafinancial.com. Click on the Get Started button at the top there to get your rooted wealth analysis. It'll only take you a couple of minutes, and it could save you. It could deepen your financial roots for the next financial storm. And don't forget to scroll down about two-thirds of the way down the website there and download your digital book, The Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. And again, if you would like to download that book by using your phone, simply text RADIO to 833-673-7373. You can do it right now as we're doing this radio program. So don't wait. Simply text RADIO to 833-673-7373 and download your complimentary copy of 7 Steps to a Successful Retirement. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. Would you be upset if you discovered your financial professional couldn't tell you everything you'd like to have known when making financial decisions? It happens more often than you might expect. The license your financial professional holds can affect the information you're given. Many have the licenses needed to talk about investments, but very few are CPAs and can provide you with tax advice. Without being able to talk about the tax consequences, it can become difficult to see the full weight of a financial decision. That's why it's so important to find a team of CPAs and advisors that work together to give you comprehensive advice. 
That's why the CPAs and advisors at Madrona Financial are making a significant difference among those who want comprehensive financial planning. If the financial advice you need involves taxes, consider working with the CPAs and advisors at Madrona Financial and see what you're missing. Go to madronafinancial.com and get started for free today. That's That's madronafinancial.com. Get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. Now let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion of one of the seven steps to a successful retirement, and that is legacy. That is right. And if you would like that book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement, again, you can get it downloaded for free by going to madronafinancial.com and scrolling down about two-thirds of the way in the website. You can download it there, or you can get it by simply texting RADIO to 833-673-7373. You can do it right now, as a matter of fact, 833-673-7373. And while you're there, give us some questions or some topics that you'd like us to discuss on the air, we'd be glad to hear from you. And if you'd like a hard copy of the book, we'll be glad to send it out there too if you just put that in a note. Once again, by texting 833-673-7373. Okay, Brian, let's continue our conversation. We've been talking about wills and legacies and estate plans and so forth. And the topic of trustee comes to mind here. So what is a trustee? Who needs one? Yeah, there's a couple of things that you may need when you're doing your will or revocable living trust. And one that you certainly need is an executor. So I want to talk about that. And then I'll also talk about trustee. First, let's define what is an executor. We hear this term. That is a person assigned to execute the terms of the will. Now, if you're just leaving your money to charities or to people, then you probably don't need a trustee. And so, you know, if you don't have a very very big estate, you don't even have a credit shelter trust provision, you may not need a trustee. So you need somebody to execute the terms of will. So let's say the will says, all right, when I die, divide all the value of my property, sell it, whatever, split it between my two kids evenly. Okay, well, that's pretty simple stuff. The executor can do that. If they have access to stuff, they've been named properly and they can do that. We don't need necessarily a trustee in that case. But let's say that the will is, you know, maybe we have a credit shelter trust provision. Maybe we have kids or grandkids we want to protect and we'll put the money away for them and they get the income off of it for a period of time. They get money for a first house or business or tuition or living expenses. And then they get distributed principal over the years. Well, we can't put the wolf in, in charge of the chickens, you know, here. <laughs> yeah, we, the hen house. You, you don't name the beneficiary as a trustee. They'll say, I got an idea. Why don't I just take all the money right now? Sure. Well, that's not what you intended. <laughs> so you hire somebody in trust, a mm-hmm. trustee that you trust to make the decisions that you would have made for the beneficiaries had you still been here to make them or were capable and you know, maybe you're just incapacitated whatever and so the trustee is somebody that has a job that goes on for a period of time it can be years it can be decades and so sometimes people with complex estates they say brian I, you know what if this estate lasts 30 years you're not going to be doing this work anymore and you're right about that i'm not the trustee we hire a corporate trustee corporate trustees live on and you don't have to worry about somebody retiring or whatever. Me and my firm can be the advisor, the investment advisor assigned to that trust. So trusts can be set up after somebody passes away. One of the misconceptions is, well, I really don't want to go to all this trouble to set up all these trusts. It's going to be expensive. It's complicated. Now, you, you don't have to set anything up. You just have to say, when something happens, then I want X to happen. So for instance, when I pass away, I want the executor to set up trust for my three kids, and I want to fund those trusts, and et cetera, et cetera. That happens after you've passed away. You're just saying what you want, and then you would say how you want distributions to go. And certainly when you have a spouse, you, you have the credit shelter trust provision, and I want my spouse to be the income beneficiary and the principal beneficiary if needed. If not, when she passes, the assets from that trust will be distributed in a certain way. And so there's a trustee there too. So I guess I'm just saying that it's not easy always though to find the right trustee because certainly if you have multiple kids and you name one of them, they might become the bad guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so if you want to avoid that kind of infighting or maybe have kids that aren't very financially astute, it is not easy to be a trustee 
or an executor. I've never met anybody that came up to me, Brian, I've been named in a will a couple times and I was the executor. It was awesome. I'd rather do that than go to Hawaii. It's so right. much fun. I've, I've never heard those words, Jeff. Yeah. I, I have heard it was the worst experience of my life. I've heard that a lot. And so being executor or being trustee is not easy. It's not fun, especially if you haven't planned ahead for it and you're making people look around for stuff and they can't find it and your wishes weren't well known. You didn't execute the documents right, et cetera, et cetera. Or you have kids that were were not informed or, or you know, inheritor, beneficiaries, that kind of thing. But you can avoid a lot of these problems if, if you address that early. And as you said, Brian, being an executor, being a trustee, it is a stressful job. And if you're not looking to use a corporate trustee, if you don't want to go that way, I mean, picking an executor or a trustee can be a very, very difficult thing. Does it always have to be a family member? Or if you don't want to go the corporate trustee route, can you pick somebody who is maybe not a family member associated with a family in any way to be a trustee? Yeah, you can pick, you know, on the executor, uh, they're going to execute the terms of the will. That's often a family member, but it doesn't have to be. It can be an attorney or, or other. Trustees, if you don't want a corporate trustee and you don't want your kids, you can pick your spouse. But what if your spouse is older too, you know? And you could pick your sibling. You can pick a family friend. But certainly a lot of times we're working with people that are older. And guess what? Their family friends are older. Their spouses are older. Their siblings are older. What may seem like a good idea today may not be by the time you pass away. So what we do is we write in contingencies where we say, all right, it's my you know, younger brother, but if my younger brother is unable or unwilling to serve, then the backup plan is the corporate trustee. So there, I've seen this a lot of times where the corporate trustee is named in the will or living trust as the backup, the contingent trustee. And so we can uh, account for the situation where it just doesn't make sense for that named trustee later, uh, years and years later, to be that trustee. So, Brian, for people listening to the program who have decided that a will isn't good enough for them, that they would like to have a trust, and I've heard this happen, people go out and they say, I got a trust. It cost me a couple of bucks, but I think it was well worth it. They bring that trust home. It looks beautiful. They admire it. It's in a nice leather-bound book or something, and then they put it on the shelf. And that's the end of it. That could be the beginning of a lot of problems, right? Oh, it sure can. So uh, we have wills, and uh, the will can address the credit shelter trust provision and so forth. But it will uh, eventually, the executor is going to have to go through probate. Now, probate isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. <laughs> it's not fun, but uh, it's something that can be done. But they do have to go through probate. They have to go through the courts before they can distribute assets and so forth. So it's, it's a lot more work especially if you have a lot of real estate and so forth like that. Now, some people go, well, I heard about these revocable living trusts that instead of a will, I have a, that, that revocable living trust and I avoid probate. Well, that depends. It depends on whether you open that pretty red binder you took home from the attorney. Because yeah. when you open it, page one says, here's a whole list of things you got to do. You got to retitle all of your assets into the name of the revocable living trust. Mm -hmm. And I would say nearly all the time I've seen somebody bring one of those into my office, I ask them, did you do this? And they go, hmm, well, I did a couple of them. Well, <laughs> then you're going through probate. Right. <laughs> you didn't really solve the issue. And so there are some attorneys, though, that do a real good job of follow-up. You upload your documents as you go. They say, hey, you're still missing this account or that account. They don't want you to have to you know, miss something. And so they keep tabs on that. They have review meetings. If you're not having review meetings over the course of five or ten years, think about what you owned then versus now. It's probably changed. And so if you weren't meeting with that attorney, you probably didn't update that living trust. So living trust can be good to avoid probate if they're uh, kept up on and if you've retitled your assets properly. Brian, you mentioned the term revocable living trust. Revocable to me means that it can be changed or taken back. Is that the kind of trust this is? Yes, it is. Exactly. It's a substitute for a will, and you can change it uh, anytime you want while you're alive. Now, upon passing, uh, we have what's called irrevocable trusts. And once they're set up, or even during your lifetime, let's say you want to take advantage of the $12 million gift exclusion, or even less if you're in the state of Washington, you just want to get assets out of your state, you can put them into an irrevocable trust. So let's say you wanted to leave a, a million dollars to your kids and, and it, you didn't want it taxed in the state of Washington or federally, 
and you put that money into a, a trust as a gift. And then about a year later, you go, you know, I changed my mind. I, I kind of want that money back. Uh, my kid is really upsetting to me right now. I've got a tattoo of my ex or whatever, you know. <laughs> and uh, and you know, I, I want that money back. Well, remember I said irrevocable? What does yeah. that mean? It means you can't revoke it. You can't take that money back. It's not yours anymore. You already gifted it. And so uh, that is the different, primary difference between revocable and an irrevocable trust. We're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. We're talking about estate planning and legacy planning. And right now we're talking about trust. Brian, another type of trust that I've heard about is the charitable remainder trust. What is a charitable remainder trust and how does that work? Yeah, there's all kinds of different uh, uses for trusts. Charitable remainder trust can be where you have a highly appreciated asset. You don't want to pay the capital gain on it. So you put that asset into the, a trust and your kids are going to get enough money you know, or they're doing well. They don't really need that inheritance. You want to benefit a charity. But while you're alive, you want to benefit yourself. So you can put it, that asset into the trust. Let's say it's a, a building or a highly appreciated stock. Sell that asset, pay no income tax, pull income out during your lifetime to live on. And then when you die, whatever's left in that trust, the principal goes to the charity. When you initially put that money into the trust, you get a charitable deduction for the present value uh, actuarially computed of that donation. There's also something called a, that's a crut. There's also a crat Mm -hmm. where basically you put that money in and you're benefiting your kids and the charity, but not yourself. So you put that money in, sells the asset, the income goes to the charity during your lifetime. When you die, the principal goes to your kids. So there's all kinds of different ways to benefit yourself, your charity, your kids, address the income with appreciated assets that you might want to use uh, with charitable gifting strategies. So there are tax advantages to using a charitable remainder trust, a crut, and a, and a crat. Now, before we, we talked about trust, we were talking about trustees. Does a charitable remainder trust require a trustee? Yeah, every trust has a trustee. You're probably your own trustee of that. You're guiding it from there, and so that that's that. But yeah, trusts can be important to protect assets and to have them go where you want them to go someday. And so that can be part of your estate legacy planning. But that, yeah, there's so many different kinds. Uh, we don't really have enough time on the show to talk about them all. Brian, I've often heard about people who have trusts, they have wills, they have safe deposit boxes, they have all sorts of valuables, and they're all in different places and so forth. Have you ever had a client who has come to you and said, I know that my spouse has this stuff, I just can't find it? All the time. All the time. I, I remember one, uh, this person, uh, his, his dad was a life insurance salesman for his entire life. And his mom was, you know, knew she'd be okay if something happened to him because, of course, he must have tons of life insurance from all those years. And so he was on the treadmill getting a test, heart test, and he died right there. Had a mm. heart attack and died in his 60s. And so she was devastated, but, well, at least, you know, she married right. She married a life insurance salesperson. And so she went to find all the, the policies. Hmm. She couldn't find them. So they tore the place apart and they figured, well, maybe it's in a safe deposit box. But they didn't know where there might be a safe deposit box. There was, they couldn't find a key. They couldn't ask him anymore. Where's your life insurance? Do you have it? Tore the place apart. Couldn't find it. She ended up moving in with the kids. Hmm. Maybe he had it. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. And so just there's a just a simple example of, but, oh, yeah, if you have a safe deposit box, who knows that? And who knows where the key is and where that box is and, you know, what the number is and what's in it? And you might say, well, it's on my computer. Oh, you mean the one with the passwords you haven't shared with anybody? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one. <laughs> well, how are they going to get in there to know which file right. to look in that they can't look at because you have a password protected? So now you got to add that to the list. So there's a whole bunch of things that we need to consider that if you're not here, how are people going to access that information to even know what they're even looking for? Yeah, and it's so important, and I, and I hope that this uh, story really hits home to a lot of people. It's so important to have a locator list. I call it a, a locator list. I know we used to have the Life and Legacy Planner at Madrona Financial, but it's simply just making a list of the assets you have but also letting people know where they are, how to get to them easily. 
And it is such a simple, simple thing to do. I mean, you can put them in an envelope that says, don't open this unless I die. You can give it to your attorney or you can keep it around the house someplace. But that is a very, very sad story that these people probably did have a life insurance policy or they had other assets that could be gained, but they just didn't know how to get them. You're listening to Brian Evans. Our program is called Growing Your Wealth. We're glad you could join us again this week. Once again, our website is madronafinancial.com. It's madronafinancial.com. And we invite you to go out there right now and click on the Get Started button at the top. What is that? Well, it's going to help you determine how deep your financial roots are. You know, we've had a lot of storms here in the Pacific Northwest, and the forecast is calling for many more. And you see those trees on their sides. They have shallow roots. You'd think, well, a big, strong tree like that. How did it fall over? Well, it didn't have deep roots. The same thing is true with your financial plan. How deep are your financial roots? Are they deep enough to support you during the next financial storm, or are they not? Well, just a couple of minutes filling out that little questionnaire by clicking Get Started gets your conversation started with an advisor at Madrona Financial and CPAs to determine how deep your roots are. If they're not deep enough, we'll help you deepen those. So again, get started, no cost, no obligation for that at madronafinancial.com. And while you're there, scroll down and download your copy, a digital copy of our book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. I think you'll really enjoy this. It's a really easy read. And if you want a digital copy of that and you like to use your phone to text things, simply text RADIO to 833-673-7373. Text RADIO to 833-673-7373. You can do it right now to get your digital copy of 7 Steps. And while you're there, if you've got questions you'd like us to answer on the air, maybe you've got a personal question you want us to help you out with that we can use on the air, of course, we'll change the name. We will do that for you. And if you've got uh, advice on topics for the show, some ideas you'd like us to talk about, we always love to hear from you. You can text it all to 833-673-7373. Brian, I was reading one of the articles here. I get a lot of uh, articles for senior citizens and people that are in retirement. And one of them said, ways that people waste their money in retirement. I know that when you get to retirement, you're in that distribution phase as opposed to the accumulation phase, and every penny many times can count. So these are some of the ways that people are wasting money in retirement. The top one is just not taking advantage of senior discounts. And almost everywhere you go, everywhere you go, from a drive through restaurant to hotels and cruises, all sorts of things, they do have senior discounts, and it can really add up to a lot of money there, too. You can also avoid making expensive, unnecessary home upgrades to your home. Do you really need to have these fancy fixtures? And many times you can overdo your house to the point where the neighborhood just doesn't support the things that you're putting in that house. So don't be scammed by paying more. Check out whether or not you can get a senior discount. And as always, you can get support from your family and friends. Ask them how they're saving money. I'm sure you'll find some very inventive ways that they're doing that. Okay, Brian, let's get back to our conversation about living trust, trusts, and wills in general. Brian, you've told me the story before about someone who came into you and you asked them if they had a will and they pulled out something and it really looked kind of old, sort of like the Declaration of Independence. Tell us more about that story. Yeah, yeah, true story. I mean, the guy was, he was around early 80s. And I said, do you, you know, do you have an updated will? And he said, yeah, I brought it with me. And or I asked him if he had a will. I didn't say updated. And he, he pulled it out and literally it was yellowed and crinkly. <laughs> So I was uh, looking at it, and this person didn't have any kids. And and so in this case, I said, well, you're married, right? And he said, yeah, I'm married. And I said, okay, uh, what happens to your spouse? I see you have, you know, you'll take care of each other as far as health care directive. What happens if something happens to you? Who would be the contingent? Who would be responsible for making her health care decisions, deciding whether she goes in a nursing home, where she goes, all that kind of things? And he said, well, uh, my brother. And I said, oh, is it a younger brother, older brother? Oh, older brother. I'm like, okay, well, you're 82. How old is he? He's like 87. 87, okay. How's he doing? Oh, not good. Mm. I said, really? Yeah, he's got dementia. Mm. I said, okay, well, something happens to you and your your wife needs help. And we're going to somebody with dementia to be in charge of that. And he goes, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. I said, is there anyone else you can turn to? Ah, I got this nephew. That's all I got. I'm, he's going to inherit my our money because we don't have any other family and not too terribly inclined and all that. I said, well, do you like your nephew? He said, no, no, I don't like my nephew. I really don't. And 
I said, okay, let me get this straight. So if something happens to you and your spouse needs help, the person that's in charge of her eventual care and where she goes and how much is spent on her is the person also that you don't really like that is inheriting whatever he doesn't spend on your wife. Do I got that straight? And he says, oh, that sounds like a problem, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, that's a big problem right there. So not only updating Will's living trust, I mean, laws change, tax laws change, all kinds of things. Your assets change, families change, things happen. Uh, Not only getting it updated, but thinking through the contingencies and having backup plans in the will, having the right people. You know, I suggested you might want somebody else to be that trustee for your wife. And he said, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. And so not only updating it, but making sure all the contingencies are looked at. And Brian, a lot of people listening to this program, they may have elderly parents and they really want to talk to their parents about their estate plan, but it's a rather touchy subject because some parents may perceive it as, hey, they just want to get a hold of my stuff. What advice would you give to someone about talking to their parents about their estate plan, breaking the ice, so to speak? That's a great comment there, Jeff, because that absolutely happens and you could have the best intentions, but it is a sticky subject when you're talking about that stuff. So uh, I have had a lot of children set up appointments without them there with us. And so just recently I had a couple and they, they owned a lot of real estate and they weren't sure what to do. They're tired of being landlords, all that stuff. So they just set up a call and let us talk. And they happened to be invited into this conversation. It was about Delaware statutory trust and how they could get out of the landlord business, replace their income, double their income in this case, and not have to deal with it anymore. And they just thought that was a great idea. But that was set up by the kids. The parents would never have done that research. They would never have found me. They wouldn't have reached out. They wouldn't have had that solution if it weren't for the kids just setting up the appointments. And it was just a mom, dad, we're not going to say a thing about it. We mm-hmm. wanted you to talk to this person here. Uh, take it away, Brian. Tell them who you are, where, what your background is. And I, I did. And they, they had a million good questions. And it was super. And I got the end. They got, wow, this totally makes sense. And so that made the difference. So I think one of the recommendations, rather than trying to necessarily address it all yourself, is to just set up that meeting, just help them set it up and and make sure they understand this isn't going to be a pressure thing. And you can remove yourself again uh, if you're the child of the parent. Uh, You can remove yourself from the meeting. You can attend the meeting. You can attend the meeting and participate or maybe not participate. Depends on, you know, the the situation and uh, all of that. So it can be done. And I've seen it done very successfully many times where we are brought in to this discussion because we don't have an axe to grind. You know, we don't have a, we're not getting the money. So they're more apt to talk to a professional about it that isn't have any emotional attachment to all this stuff than they are maybe to their own kids. And Brian, I think it's easy to forget that estate planning, it's not just about the assets. It's not just about the dollars and cents. More importantly, it is about family and clear and thoughtful instructions from estate planning documents. Well, those will unite family members that are going through a tough time. So it is very, very worthwhile to give this some thought and have a proper estate or legacy plan in place. Brian, if people listening to this program are interested in getting a uh, legacy plan or getting an estate plan, how do they go about doing it? How does Madrona Financial help them get that done? Yeah, there's a ton of ways you can do it, but basically just reach out to us and we'll just set up a 15-minute call just to kind of figure out where you're at and whether we're a good fit to even have conversations going forward. And and if we do, we'll have a a first meeting uh, where we find out all about you. You find out about us. Uh, We're not a fit for everyone. Everybody's not a fit for us. And we kind of work through that. And you can say no at any time. It's not high pressure at all. It's information gathering and and, and letting people know what we can or can't do for them. And generally, you know, people go, gosh, seven steps to successful retirement, you cover everything. That that sounds pretty good to me. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, of course, that's that can be a very good thing. And one of the interesting things about financial planning is, Often it's not really the plan is is more geared for the second to die rather than the first. I mean, we don't know how long that financial plan needs to last, but uh, uh, often uh, women outlive men statistically. I remember I used to audit uh, assisted living place. They had 203 
rooms. Yep. They had 200 that were women. Wow. And three for men. <laughs> I remember they had a club called the Margarets. Oh. There were 13 Margarets. There were more Margarets than there were men at this place. So yeah. it occurred to me that certainly from that generation, uh, the women outlived their, their husbands for the most part. And so one of the important things about financial planning is make sure we're addressing both. Is uh, the surviving spouse uh, set up for success? If the estate is a business and real estate and so forth, and that's uh, managed by the spouse that dies before the other that doesn't manage that, that can be a problem. So even planning, uh, making sure that, that we're set up for a success spouse by spouse, depending on who outlives who and who's running what, you know, there's always one money person, one not money person, you know, and, and it seems like. And so uh, that's one of the things we absolutely want to address when doing estate planning. So if you want to set up that brief conversation with Madrona Financial, just simply call 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. And get the conversation started about your legacy and estate plan. And again, Brian, just setting up that call, it's really not going to cost them anything, does it? No, it doesn't cost them anything. I mean, we, we want to talk to you. We want to, you know, kick the tire, have you kick ours, and we'll kick yours, and, and kind of see if there's a good fit there. And we know we can help people that, that need our help. And we do a really good job of that, a very comprehensive job of that, of course, uh, more so than, than uh, other people you've likely talked to. And so we'd like that opportunity. We'd like helping people. We have a number of very experienced advisors here that can help with that process. And we have the CPA firm, too, that they all have access to. So, uh, yeah, I encourage you to reach out and find out if there's a, a good fit or not. And again, that's Madrona Financial and CPAs. Again, well worth your time to make that call. No cost, no obligation. 844-MADRONA, whether you have a lot or whether you have a little no doubt that you're going to benefit from some sort of legacy or an estate plan. Once again, that number, 844-MADRONA. And before we go today, I want to invite people again. MadronaFinancial.com is the website that is to get your rooted wealth analysis. Click on the Get Started button at the top of the page. See how deep your financial roots are. Are they deep enough to withstand the next financial storm? Well, find out by clicking on that Get Started button and also take advantage of the opportunity to download your digital book, your ebook, so to speak, The Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. You can do it at MadronaFinancial.com. Or you can do it right now if you'd like to download it. Simply text RADIO to 833-673-7373. That's RADIO to 833-673-7373. We would love to hear from you. Brian, out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time. But most importantly, I want to thank all of our fine friends and our listeners here in the Puget Sound area for listening to us today. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes.